Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. G'day, <laughs> and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Who are you, Outback Jack? Hello. <laughs> Well, sort of the weather's the weather's warmed up, and everyone's walking around in in light clothing it's, and it's and come by surprise, hasn't it? It's gone from zero to hero weather. I'm sitting in the office at the middle of the <laughs> afternoon, and thunderstorm. Well, thunderstorms start happening, and, yes. stuff, and I think I'm living in Queensland. Well, I'm, it's I'm very living, unpredictable. So I've decided to, go, uh, without putting an, an A on the end of everything, go, yeah, <laughs> how you going, eh? Uh, hey, Kevin, who's I've, our guest this week? Uh, Deborah Lawrence, eh? Uh, Deborah Lawrence, what a what a Terrific actress. She's had such a marvellous and a long-standing career yeah. on Australian television and in film. In fact, you wouldn't realise this, Kevin. I first remember mm-hmm. coming across Deborah Lawrence, right. and this is showing my age, a 1980 miniseries called The Last Outlaw with oh. John Jarrett as Ned Kelly. And uh, Deborah had a starring role in that, and I thought she was just wonderful. Well, she is wonderful. She's currently starring, uh, and it's opening uh, this weekend, A Christmas Carol at the Comedy Theatre with David Wenham and uh, mm. Bernard Curry and a, a terrific cast. And she's a very important past, a part of that because she is the ghost of Christmas past. She is. And what a production that oh. is shaping up to be. Yeah, massive. We spoke to Deborah during rehearsals, and it just sounds like the show itself is just going to be spectacular. Yep. It'll be big. It's got big, uh, big uh, numbers, uh, big uh, Christmas Carol numbers. Bells at the and end. whistles. Apparently, <laughs> you'll hear about the bells. Then about the whistles. Uh, Deborah's coming up shortly. But a reminder about our food poll too, and it's up on our social media yes. platforms uh, every Friday. Please uh, jump in and uh, and give your thoughts. We, well, we've gone with a topic that was suggested to us, which is uh, lollies versus lollies. It's uh, the uh, the Allen's classic party mix up against the retro party mix. Mm, that that wonderful moment in the <laughs> supermarket when you're standing there and they're both there in front of you, and you go, which one mm. am I going to take? Black cats, anyone? Ooh. Oh, you'll find out after we talk to Deborah Lawrence here on Food Bites. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Christmas Carol, you're in the full rehearsal mode at the moment. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. When you're not treading the boards, are you uh, are you slaving away in the kitchen? Well, um, yes and no, um, because when I'm really this week's a tech week, which means that. I've just left my family to their um, their own devices, which has shocked them a bit. And I was in Harry Potter for a couple of years, so they really had to fend for themselves <laughs> because they were used to me cooking, may I, if I may say, with humility, um, reasonably uh, delicious gourmet meals. <laughs> oh, right. um, so, so they missed that. So when, when COVID happened and we were locked down for nearly a year on Potter, uh, <laughs> the family were very happy. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was one of the highlights of, uh, of COVID. For, well, one of the only highlights of COVID for us was that Mummy was back in the kitchen. Um, but I, yeah, I've spent years. I'm, I'm a real a tragic foodie. So, um, but when the kids were small, we'd have you know I'd cook six nights a week and sit at the table and with flowers on the table and a candle and we'd sing a blessing and sit down to food. And then Friday nights was fish and chips in front of the telly because we we didn't let the kids watch television. So Friday night they could watch sport or David Attenborough videos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but that was yeah, fish and chips was mum's mum's break night and a bit of uh, bit of fried food for the kids and and my husband Dennis. Um, but yeah, look, I've I've been um, like for example, I for my fiftieth birthday I cooked a six course meal for twenty two friends. Oh, um, well just. Yeah, but you see, 
it sounds generous, but it's actually I I did it so people I could show off. You know, I'm I'm, 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 a, I'm a performer through and through. So um, a, a big, I mean, a big part of it was creatively getting the meal together and getting all the all the ingredients because I like this. Uh, I cook mostly towards the French uh, cuisine. Um, but <laughs> had a bit of sham. I bought a couple of crates of um, champagne, mm. and um, by the time the main course was being <laughs> was being put on the table, um, I had helpers, and uh, <laughs> instead of a nice disc of um, of truffle uh, infused parsnip mash, which was supposed to be in a nice neat disc on the uh, plate, <laughs> it was sort of a a bit of a tablespoon flop with a slice of beef over the top of it. Um, <laughs> But all the flavours were still really good, so that was all fine. So, we, yeah, that, that's, that's the sort of foodie I am, basically. It's interesting, Deborah. I, I noticed you said their family time uh, at mealtime is obviously very important in your house, that you all uh, eat together. Oh, we did when the kids were small, like yeah. right through their, their early childhood and their teenage years. Uh, and then Grace left home to go to university in Bendigo. So she left home that just left Will, who's he's seven years younger. So we still continued the tradition, except that he then started having soccer training on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, a, yeah, I sort of had to invent sort of um, meals on the run for that. So it's been a, a movable feast, if you pardon the pun. If pardon the pun. Um, yeah, so and it hasn't happened in the, it, it's rare that we all sit down together now. Um, but like, it, I, well, I'll often do a grace like eggs Benedict, um, with my hollandaise sauce for her birthday. Um, so I, I always do that and for special occasions and things. And my, I come from a very big family of siblings. So whenever we get together, we all, we all cook for each other. So, but they're those. Those uh, they're sort of rare occasions now. Like maybe well, we used to get together every two months, and then COVID hit. But but we like we for example, we've got a big Christmas coming up this year with about forty people, which is just immediate family. Um, and of course, the food, as usual, will be uh, will be uh, extremely wonderful. We do the whole mm-hmm. catastrophe of turkey and ham and veggies and pudding and lots of desserts and pavlova and. So we're a bit of a foodie family, I think, today. And, and Grace has inherited that. I don't. I didn't actually teach her to cook, but she must have learned by osmosis <laughs> that um, that uh, yeah. So she she cooks really well, and in some ways she's a lot more adventurous than I am. So um, yeah. So yeah, we, it's, you can say food's been a big part of our family life. Uh, can I just <laughs> just for one tick, Deborah? Did uh, your children Will and Grace? <laughs> yeah, sorry, crash again. Um, and, and yes, when Will was born, the um, the Home and Away production team sent us all the merch from the Will and Grace show. <laughs> so so nice we've got them. yeah, we've got caps and we've got notepads and pens and various other things. They're stored somewhere in a cupboard. So. <laughs> well, let's t- let's talk about Home and Away, and I and I guess people always want to talk to you about Home and Away. You've done so many different things over so many different years, but mm. you were Pippa. You were much loved. You're in all our households, and uh, you <laughs> you met your husband Dennis yeah, on the yeah, set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's why I don't mind talking about Home and Away because I met Dennis, had two children, and it paid for all the real estate. <laughs> So, like, literally, really did. So, well, you have um, said Home and Away gave you your life. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah uh, totally. I would never have had kids if I wasn't financially secure, I don't think, because uh, I was in my early 30s and I was thinking about, you know, babies. I hadn't met Mr. Wright yet, but um, uh, 
and so by the time uh, I got the contract with Home and Away, and it was a big contract, um, and I was financially stable, uh, then literally the next person who walked into my life, the next <laughs> man was Dennis. And, I said, <laughs> and luckily enough, I mean, we did a chemistry read for when he was being cast, and uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, of course, it was the attraction was pretty immediate. I think so. Although that was really rude to him for six weeks. It's gone into folklore now because um, I was obviously really seriously attracted to him. So, yeah, so that was good. And then we then uh, we got pregnant, so Pippa had to miraculously get pregnant <laughs> Thank you. Um, because she wasn't supposed to be able to have kids, which is why she was a foster mum. And then uh, and then I and then I left once we sort of consolidated finances and things. Um, Dennis had gone back to theatre because he was he left home and away after about five years, and he'd gone back to his first love, which is theatre. Um, and I just wanted to be back in Melbourne with my little mum because she was getting older. And, and mm. um, so we moved back to Melbourne and uh, we got three and a half years with her before she passed away, which was great. Mm. And so, you know, financially we were able to spend all of our time with her. We didn't have to work. So, um, yeah, that, that was, it was a, the whole thing was a really graceful process. And, of course, it's, you know, if I'd been an awful character and people were throwing cabbages at me in the supermarket, it would have been different. <laughs> is it is it easier or is it more challenging having your real-life partner playing your on-screen partner? Um, no, well, because um, Dennis and I have been asked this a lot and basically we're both professional actors. So there's a there's something that happens in in your in your body when you're acting that you walk into the studio and, and you're, do, you're there to do the work. We've done a couple of plays together as well, touring plays, um, and it's just once we're doing, once we're in the cosies and in the and, and working, that we're we're our actor selves. So, mm. um, but yeah, there's there's no demarcation. Uh, well, I guess there is. Well, it's not not a, a firm line, but we just go from, you know, I mean, we're we're actors basically, so we just do the acting stuff. And what what's advantageous about it is that. You know, if I've something's happened on a set or on a stage, I can go home and he will completely understand what I'm talking mm. about. Mm. Um, you know, if I'm exhausted or if I've been exhilarated by something or if, you know, somebody had their phone go off in the middle of a play, <laughs> you know, like he'll commiserate. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's actually, yeah, really good. I guess... Be, um, I, I feel yeah. as though, uh, from a viewer's point of view, we tend to uh, blur the lines a little bit, don't we, between uh, the fantasy and reality. And uh, I guess take, for example, a character such as uh, Alf, uh, Ray Marv, people would expect him to uh, be all flame and glass and, and what have you, yeah. whereas there's oh, nothing he's, like he's, that. <laughs> he's close. Is he's he? Close. Okay. Um, yeah, but, you know, like he's a very Aussie, you know, ex-rugby player bloke. Um, and yeah, so I mean that that that's sort of, it's certainly nothing like like Alf the character because that's quite a strongly drawn character. But um, I mean, I guess you know I'm I'm sort of warm and gooey and motherly like Pippa, but I, I guess I'm a bit more selfish than she is. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then you know, there's, there's a character I played in Please Like Me, Josh Thomas's comedy, is completely not like me. She's a, a suicidal bipolar mum and which was a real a wonderful wonderful challenge to play um, so it's just I think that we the story about lines blurring happened to us we were living up at Palm Beach during Home and Away and um, when I was pregnant with Grace the writers had come to me and said oh look we can't keep the baby in do you mind if we write in a, a pot test storyline oh. 
Um, and I said, I said, yeah, no, that's fine, no problem, because I was just focused on, you know, having a baby in a month or two. And so when I got back after nine weeks, when Grace was nine weeks old and I got back to work, the first script I picked up was this cot death storyline. And, of course, I had a nine-week-old baby mm. in a room with her mothercraft nurse because I was breastfeeding. Mm. And then we had to play it out We had, because I'd agreed to do it. Um, but that was before I had a little bundle of my own and we were worried, you know, you do you go and check them, poke them, make sure they're breathing when they're sleeping. Um, and so that was a, a difficult day. And we had real ambos um, with us who had just been two weeks prior, been to a, a SIDS death. So it was all, yeah, pretty, a bit too close to the bone. Mm. Uh, the advantageous thing was that we got letters from people who'd never been able to talk about their cot death, but they were able to do it now with their family because of what was on screen. But the story I'm getting to is that we were parked in Avalon outside our supermarket <laughs> and Grace was asleep in the back of the car and this guy came up and banged on the window just as we were, were getting, like we popped her in her seat and we were about to get in the car and he banged on her window, like the back seat window, and she sort of looked up startled. And then he looked at us and he said, oh, I'm so glad he's alive. Oh, oh God. And it was like, well, no, this is our daughter, Grace. They, they deliberately made the, the whatever I had, they made the baby a boy because we had a girl. Um, but, yeah, this guy, he saw us and he thought it was Pippa and Michael from Home and Away and there was a baby in the back seat. And so he felt it was okay to bang on the on the um the window and say, oh, I'm so glad he's alive. Oh, like, that's Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I guess when people's lives get, you know, soap opera is written to a very careful formula. Like all, I've been watching a lot of um, Korean dramas lately and a bit of uh, and a bit of Spanish telenovelas. It's written to a very careful formula. And, you, I mean, I can see why people start to really believe in the characters. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a thing, you know, like f- fandom is a thing. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's quite a big thing. You spend a lot of time um, in Home and Away in the kitchen chopping a lot of vegetables. <laughs> and that was well, that was deliberate. Um, if you'll notice, if you watch Home and Away now, nobody's cooking any food in no. the kitchen at the Fletcher house. No, they all um, go to no, the that, diner. Yeah, no, I always wore an apron, and I always was chopping veggies or making something for the kids or making a sandwich. Um, and going back and forward to the stinky fridge because there was it had to have a light <laughs> on in it, and um, and of course there was no electricity, so anything that was in there would get hot during the day because of the <laughs> light. Um, but yeah, no, I made it was deliberate because I actually, and the same reason I didn't, you know, lose ten kilos and wear tight clothes and and glam up because um, I wanted it to be a really authenticity is really important to me as an actor. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that the fans loved Pippa so much was because she was she was she was pretty as close as you get to authentic as, as you can, you know. Um, so yeah, but they and, and also oh the other story that goes with that is that um, when you when you have fans, they um, at, you know you meet and greet fans and things. And there was a some I think it was in Adelaide. Dennis and I were at one of those functions, and. Um, this woman came up and said that her nephews watched Home and Away because they could see someone having an evening meal because they were getting junk food for dinner. <laughs> and so, you know, like that sort of stuff really mm. breaks your heart, yeah. you know, it really breaks. And, you know, and at least if that if that brought a bit of um, a warmth and spark to their day, then, you know, that, that's a really good thing. But there's lots of those sorts of stories out there too. So. Yeah. 
Uh, it's yeah. Speaking of chopping things and going back and forth to the fridge, uh, Hell's Kitchen, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue there, Sarah. Yeah, they were, great. <laughs> look, they must have been. You, you won it for those who aren't aware, and they. I can only imagine they must have been very long and arduous days on uh, on set. Um, how yeah. how grueling was that experience? Really grueling. It was the hardest I've ever worked in wow. my life. Yeah, really hard. Because what, once you saw us cooking, for those people sitting out there, we were doing that, you know. I mean, a lot of the prep had been done, all the desserts had been made. Um, but we, you know, Marco gradually eased us into, um, we actually had to time the fish and we had to, my family, when they want to really frighten me, they say, Deborah, where are my four salmon? <laughs> um, because it's, it's, it's a trigger because I, I admire Marco so much and he's, he's subsequently become a friend. Like we actually catch up with each other when he's in Australia. Um, and uh, <laughs> and it, still, it still triggers me. And, and you know, Marco thinks that's hilarious. Um, but so do my family. Uh, but, yeah, it was really gruelling but a great bunch of people. Um, and I got asked, you know, like, you're a serious actress, you know, you're a trained actor, Deborah. why would you do reality TV in this sort of criticising tone? And people forget that we are in the entertainment industry, whether you're doing mm. opera for the elite or whether you're doing, you know, theatre company stuff for subscribers or whether you're doing soap opera or a serious drama or a movie or a blockbuster or a Marvel film, reality TV is entertaining TV. And so, you know, there are people who can't afford to go out. There are people who actually really like watching people cook food. Um, like in the, in the Korean dramas I'm watching, they eat really good food and they eat it and they, with their chopsticks, they pop and they, they, they talk with their mouths open. Mm. And it's just, it's just delicious to watch. Like, it's, you know, people, I'm sure there are YouTube channels where people watch other people eating food. So, um, yeah, and also decorating houses or building houses or whatever. There's a reason why it's popular. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was very, very happy. And it also, it meant that I, I started a friendship with Marco, which is a, a really valuable um, part of my life too because he's a lovely man. Deborah, currently it's a, it's a Christmas Carol at uh, the Comedy Theatre opening on the weekend. Uh, how is mm. how is that sort of sitting with you, playing the ghost of Christmas past? Oh, it, it, it's utterly fabulous. If, if you guys get a chance to see it, please do. It's you know, like we had a very ordinary, low ceilinged rehearsal room with fluoro lights, and we we created this magic where we're all gobsmacked by it. Like the the musical arrangement for the carols is just exquisite, Christopher Nightingale, because we're working with the British creative team. So their choreographer, Lizzie Gee, and their associate director, Jamie Manton, and uh, Rob Howe, the designer, has just arrived. <laughs> jet lagged, um, there's all these jet-lagged British people wandering around. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and it's just been, it's just been exquisite. Um, David Wenham is extraordinary, just extraordinary. Like he's, he's Scrooge. He is a theatre animal, like we all are, because we do screen stuff, I think people forget that we, you know, we're very happy on stage and love being on stage, you know. Um, and it, it's just a whole, the design of it is beautiful. The, the sound is, there's a band and, oh, yeah, I, yeah, what can I say? Just come and see it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's uplifting too. There's some, some of the carols, the arrangements on the carols will blow the roof of the, the comedy theatre off and just fill people's hearts with delight. It's, and I'm not just saying that because I have to promote the damn thing. I, I'm, I mean, uh, David Wenham. David Wenham said in the press, it's the first thing that he's been in that he actually wished he was sitting in the audience watching it. Yeah, I saw that. It's but, a really interesting comment, isn't it? 
Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I feel exactly the same. I wish I could go and see it because I would. I know what the magic is going to look like. I know what it's going to feel like. So our, our audiences are going to love it. Yeah, and I think after the last few years we've all had, uh, there's nothing wrong with getting into the uh, the festive spirit as early as That's, we can. Well, it, it, it's going to do that in bucket loads because people's, uh, yeah, it's really heartwarming. It's, it's got its absolutely dark moments because it's about a story of redemption uh, and it's very brooding and dark in some points, a little bit scary here and there, very sad in some uh, other moments. And then the, 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 um, the payoff at the end is just this joyous, Joyous thing, and we've all had to learn hand bells. Like, <laughs> hello, <laughs> I mean, just, just just come along to see us playing the hand bells. Oh wow! Did, did you know that hand bells were? There are hand bell choirs, like people who play, you know, um, dee, 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 all different bells. No, Kevin's looking very puzzled. I think he wants to oh, ask what's a hand bell. <laughs> so, no, Google hand bells, and you'll see, you'll see. And so we all have different notes to play. Oh, okay. And so then we it's like we, we are part of the, the musical score. So we have to read the music and play it play our ding when we have to or ding ding or ding ding. You, know. <laughs> you never know when you'll be called upon to use that uh, that talent again well, either. Look, will you? I think it's look, I'm 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 planning on using it at some stage in the future, but the only problem is you need another fourteen <laughs> yeah. people to make it work. Who all know how to do it. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, hey yeah. um Deborah, you are a, a Melbourne girl, you're back in Melbourne. Are you I'm curious to know because we've established you're quite the foodie, are you I mean, we pride ourselves in Melbourne on our quality coffee are you a yeah. a coffee connoisseur or a coffee snob no well we live out in the edge of the Yarra Valley as I grew up out there yeah um and so no and look I'm very proud of the fact that Melbourne has great coffee very proud of that in, indeed but um <laughs> I'm not a, a, a mad coffee drinker occasionally I'll have it but not not regularly but I you know my my daughter went out with a guy who went to this place where they had things bubbling on things you know like <laughs> Yeah, you know, like distilling stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's not going out with him anymore. She's going out, <laughs> going out with, an Ameri- with an American who knows about American coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm not a I, I'm not a connoisseur, but I know a decent coffee when I smell one. So yeah, yeah put it that way. That's probably my foodie's nose <laughs> that does that for me. I guess you maybe a, you got a sweet tooth, Deborah. Oh yeah, pavlova. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I make a mean lemon tart. Oh, yum. oh yum. yeah, citrusy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my mince pies are pretty good too. Oh, yeah. Wow. I was going to say, no, what, but, yeah. what, what would your contribution to your big Christmas dinner be? Oh, I make the mince pies, mince tarts, because mm. I I've got a physics experiment to see how thin I can get the the French pastry, oh. and so if you can just hold it in your hand, so there's a the 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 proportion of mince to pastry is not because some of them are very heavy on pastry. So mine is a you, you get lots of fruit mint, um, but I'll also do the pavlova. Although we're performing just before Christmas, so um, I think I'll probably be up at midnight making a pavlova. <laughs> but that's okay. Hey, it's Christmas. I'll have champagne. Exactly. Speaking <laughs> of you know, big family get-togethers or, or dinner get-togethers, if you could yeah. um, invite anyone you liked, dead or alive, for a for a dinner party, who'd be on your guest list? Oh, look, I would have to be um, – I'd like to have J.K. Rowling because, um, yeah, I just ad- admire her hugely and she's been given a bad rap um, because 
a tweet went wild without anybody reading the follow-up explanation. Mm. So the world the world got really angry with her but didn't read her explanatory essay afterwards. Um, and I probably uh, I'd have Marco because he's, he's wonderful and he enjoys his food so much. Um, and this is such a hard question because there's so many people that, you know, there's artists. I'd probably have Martha Graham, the dancer, Mm-hmm. Because I really enjoyed her. Um, her, I, I did Martha Graham technique as a teenager, um, and then also this is going to sound weird, but I think I'd like Queen Elizabeth there as yeah. well because I, I like I loved Lizzie. Mm. So, and I think I think yeah, that would be good. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anybody else off the top. I did think about it, but I just there's too many to sort of isolate. Into, you I know? think that's a pretty that's good it. guest list right yeah, there. That's, yeah. that's terrific. I mean, I could have said Gandhi, but he doesn't eat much. <laughs> oh, no, that's not a good joke. No, that's done. We shouldn't laugh. That's not a good joke. He did such a good job. Yeah. He did such a good job. But he didn't yeah. eat much. Um, no, no, you're right. But yeah, that was a very, very poor joke. Right. Listen, best of luck with a Christmas carol. Not that you need it because from from everything that we're hearing and, and, and people are talking about, uh, this, this show is going to be a blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. It will be. As soon as the first people see it, they'll tell 1,500 of their friends. So, yeah. yeah. Are you guys coming? We hope so. Yeah, we hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, can't, okay. we can't make it Saturday night, but uh, we hope to get there during the season. Uh, because yeah, yeah. No, do do please because it'll, yeah. It, I'm, I, won't, I won't go so far as to say it'll change your life. It'll give you a really good evening. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, well, and, and, and we get to see the handbells, which we're well, <laughs> very curious about. <laughs> but, but also an impossibly talented cast of people. Like there's all these youngsters in the cast. Yeah. And some older people too. I'm, I'm actually sitting next to one of them. I'm. <laughs> we're sharing. I'm sharing a, a, dress, a dressing room with um, the beautiful Samantha Morley. Um, Hi. Who, who, Hi. Um, Hi who, who is in? Who is in? Come from away. And I mean, I first saw Sam when she sang um, in her military uniform. She sang the national anthem at Gallipoli a couple of years ago, and she's got the most extraordinary singing voice. And she's and she's a wonderful dancer. So she's blushing now. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, all the kids, are. everybody's impossibly talented and they're just such lovely, fresh energy to be around. So, yeah, I'm having a great time. Oh, good on you. Well, best of yep. luck with uh, with the play. Uh, we, we'll get along and see that. And uh, and thank you so much for spending some, some time with us. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Pleasure. Make sure you come and say hello. We, we will. will. And Deborah. Okay. Deborah. Yeah. Where's my four salmon? <laughs> oh, no, don't. Like, don't. It's just bigger. <laughs> I told you. Thanks, Deborah. <laughs> thanks, Deborah. Okay, thanks a lot. Good on see you. you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. And that is a show that you must see, A Christmas Carol at the Comedy Theatre, and we'll be going along to have a look at that one. What a delightful lady she is. Yeah, she is. She's fantastic. And I thoroughly enjoyed her uh, stories about her time on the set of Home and Away as uh, as Pippa, one of the you know, most loved characters in the show. Wasn't that moment when she talked about the uh, having her child and mm. uh, and the and the screen child at the same time? That's that's a scary moment. That yep, must fantasy have been a very blurred scary. with um, oh, reality yeah. and handled it incredibly well. But yeah. how wonderful too to meet the love of your life. On the set of the TV show, the man who is actually playing her on-screen husband became her real-life husband. I love that story. That happens a lot. It does. That happens a lot. Didn't happen with Bruce Willis and uh, Sybil Shepherd, though. (laughs) As we'll find (laughs) as we go along in this podcast. Well, exactly. All right. All right. Let's get to our food poll. Yes. The Allen's... 
classic party mix up against the retro party mix. Now on social media there is a photo of what is inside each bag and I know Kevin would probably pick the first one because it's got black cats in black it. Black cats, oh. Black <laughs> oh. cats, black cats, milk bottles, pineapples, they all loom large in the poll. Let's find out. Let's, let's we'll find, start, we'll start let's with find Rebecca. Out what, the, what the people think. And she says both have good lollies. Uh, Lisa says regular. Love the cat. Milk bottle, strawberry and cream. I love the strawberry and cream too and the peaches and cream. Kate Stevenson. Can you just keep the editorial comment? uh, (laughs) No, I can't. (laughs) No, I won't. Kate Stevenson says the teeth every time, so the retro for her. Sue says party, but the black cat can go in the bin where they belong. No, the black cat can go to me over here. Yes, and just to clarify, when we say party, we're just saying party mix and then retro party mix. John Vertigan from the Ace Radio Network says retro, baby. All good except for milk bottles and pineapple. Seriously, milk bottles are endured, not enjoyed. <laughs> oh, okay. Muriel Cooper says, can't choose, but I do love teeth, so at a pinch it'd be the one on the right. Terry Daniel, I'm feeling like retro today. Glenn Rodder says, who cares, Pato? Oh. They're lollies. I love them, but not the green ones. <laughs> Sue Hosking says, well, I've never seen the lip lollies before. Neither had I. No, me either. Random. It's been a very long time since I had a jelly baby. Uh, take the black cats and the milk bottles out Dang and it. I will have the rest. I honestly can't choose this week. Francis, definitely the first one with the black cats. Yes. Silvana, I love both lollies. Oh, lollies. Uh, Susie says, just a bag of red flog, oh. frog flogs. <laughs> 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 take your, take your uh, fake teeth uh, out I'm, and put them back I'm in. I'm telling you, I know a lot of those. <laughs> uh, just a bag of red frogs, please. There you go. I don't know if that option was on the table. Uh, Kerry says mix of both, black cats and teeth. There you go. Uh, uh, Jamie says retro by a country mile. Michelle, I would rather have chocolate. Beck says I can't go past a black cat, but I always love the teeth. I, yes. Yeah, so okay. she loves both. Yeah, she does. Arthur says, uh, by the left, bananas, black cats, milk bottles. Oh, it takes me back to St George's Road Primary School in Shepparton. There you go. Oh. Kim says both. My favourites are bananas, milk bottles and teeth. <laughs> People like the teeth. Susanna, teeth, always the tooth. Bart says retro and the Coca-Cola bottles should have their own bag. I love the cola bottles. JPAPS95, it's Twitter handle. Either mm. or, milk bottles are eaten first, though. Old Crokey says, I swing towards. <laughs> I don't know if he says it like that. <laughs> no, no, I reckon he does. <laughs> I swing towards regular party mix, but my commitment to them has shrunk as Allen's resized yeah. them. I wish Allen's would downsize their health consciousness department instead of their yes, lolly size. Yes, don't oh. tell us what's healthy Capital or not. Capital old Crokey. Duncan says, regular, black cats and snakes are hard to beat. Cockroach says option C. Oh. Retro, but with milk bottles put in the bin, does yeah. anybody actually eat them and replaced with bananas? Oh. Chris Holdsworth, retro, but seriously, those teeth are a poor cousin to the ones we used to have. I agree, Chris. Wayne will have his words oh. on that shortly. Uh, Richard says milk bottles are absolute passengers. Yeah. Murph Hughes says retro. Brian Lake says definitely the retro party mix. I'd had a conversation with Brian <laughs> at a function we did. That would be the footballing that, Brian yeah, The day before – we did a function oh. together and uh, I sat with him at a table and I was talking to him about food and I said, what's your downfall? He said, lollies. Oh, so as soon go. as I saw the poll, I, 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 ta- I tagged him in on it. <laughs> and Higo, our great mate Higo, retro all day, every day. All right, Wayne says. Oh, strap this, yourself in. This one is an absolute no-brainer. Oh. It's the retro party mix <laughs> all the way. Oh. 
The Retro Party Mixed Bag is a joyous celebration of all that's great in the confectionery world. Racing cars, Uh. pineapples and raspberries are there for a start. Uh. (laughs) It also contains the simply magnificent lolly teeth. These are without doubt the emperor of the lolly bag. Not only do they taste superb, they can provide hours of entertainment for your yard apes (laughs) pretending they are real teeth. Oh, what shenanigans. And before anyone says, yeah, but they're smaller these days, (laughs) here's a news flash. They're not. You're just bigger now, so they seem smaller. Nowadays, you'd think of a quarter pounder as just a burger. Yet as a small child, it seemed to be the size of a human head. And you thought your father was some sort of god simply because he could consume one. (laughs) There are many problems with the standard party mix bag, but that is not even the magnificence of the green jelly baby can save the standard party mix bag. For a start, your average party mix bag contains milk bottles. These are the most bland and insipid excuse for confectionery there is. They're quite simply the beige cardigan (laughs) of the lolly world. The next blight, and we come to this one, and and I share his sentiments here, is the banana. This yellow, grainy, chemical-flavoured crescent of poxness (laughs) – I wanted to sort of go with that – is a hateful thing that that is only fit to be given to people you don't particularly like in the hope that they'll never darken (laughs) your doorway again. But the absolute king stinker of the bunch, and this is where Wayne and I oh. will go on separate paths and agree to disagree, the stinker of the bunch is the disgrace to humanity, the, the black, black cat. cat. This oh. gelatinous blob of acidic putridity. <laughs> now, I'm not even sure that that's a word, <laughs> No, Wayne. but I like it. Uh, but it should be. If it's not, it should be. Is quite simply the worst lolly ever created. I swear Mr. Allen must have been off his meds when he decided to force this unpleasantness upon humanity. They taste like you're licking a nine-volt battery and leave your tongue feeling like you've drunk some pineapple. Yeah. Wayne, I have no idea what that tastes like. <laughs> Strike three party mix, you're out of here. I know this opinion may be controversial, but I thrive on drama. Fight me. Agree with him 100% about the bananas. For me, they have a chalky sort of consistency, powdery, chalky. The chemical thing's the bit that yeah. gets me about them. And I'm with him on the black cats. No, I, no, I, don't no, like, um, I don't like aniseed. I don't I've like licorice. The, I've got a bag of black cats in the pantry as we speak that. and I have, I I have one that. a day. I love it. How them. funny that the most controversial lolly that emerged from all that was the milk bottle. We had several people saying that they are the, kind of like the, the beige but it of is, the lolly world. It is. It's the beige cardigan of the lolly world. It just it's, it makes up the numbers you know, and it looked cute. But it never tasted. They did. Uh, Alan's did briefly. I don't know if they still have. Came out with a uh, flavored milk bottle lollies as well. Oh, I never saw those. Yeah. In fact, I think I bought a bag, but I didn't buy them again. Uh, so a milk bottle that had a flavor, because the the yeah. standard milk bottle has no flavor yeah. at all. And Wayne <laughs> makes a good point also about the size of the lollies. When you think that the uh, the teeth have shrunk in size, it's a bit like going for me back to your your childhood home where you no. grew up, and you look at your house and say, "You used to look bigger than that when yeah. I was there." No, I understand that as a concept. They have shrunk though, but they've shrunk. Yeah, They're, no doubt, biscuits have shrunk. Look at the wagon wheel. Take the wagon wheel. It's oh, the perfect. Yes. The wagon wheel, and I know. My hand it's was It's the smaller. size of an old two-cent coin exactly now. Exactly right. It used to be big and now it's yeah. not. And I think I'm, I'm sure the teeth – Well, the lolly teeth don't fit right across your teeth anymore. It's kind of like you've got two big front teeth. Well, you have an enormous head now. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> you, t- you take that back. <laughs>
<laughs> you take that back or I'm not speaking. I may need those teeth because I'm about to have mine knocked out, I think. <laughs> but, you know, our heads were smaller and the teeth Tell did me fit. I'm a vision of loveliness. <laughs> you are. Our, ah. our heads were smaller and the teeth did fit completely yes. around their teeth. Yes, they did. And our heads are bigger now, everybody's, including <laughs> mine. And mine apparently. <laughs> yes, are bigger now and they don't fit around there. So I, I understand that but they That's a very interesting scientific theory, Kevin. I don't know how accurate it is. <laughs> Not quite sure. You know that noise that a truck makes when it's reversing? That's the noise I'm making right now. <laughs> You're till, backing out of here. Till next time, this has been Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. And Kevin and his oversized beep, head. Beep, beep, beep. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.